Hey there DC fans, this is Josh Rayner, Editor-in-Chief of DC Comics News, here to give you a special deal from Insight Editions. Insight Editions is an amazing company who uh, sells books and collectibles uh, from all sorts of pop culture, whether it be DC Comics, Marvel Comics, uh, movies like Die Hard, Harry Potter, Alien, Everything out there in the world you can you can find. You got books, collectibles, uh, pop-up greeting cards. They have all kinds of amazing items. And right now you can get 35% off site-wide by using the code DCNews35. That's D-C-N-E-W-S-35. DCNews35. Use that code and receive 35% off site-wide at InsightEditions.com. Well, hey there, all you DC Comics News fans. This here is the DC Comics News Spinner Rack. Episode number 104, I'm your host Seth Singleton, we are digging around through the pile of books that are available to you this week of May 4th, dropping into that stack, I pull out five books, I clutch them between my grubby little hands, and I open them up to share with you my first choice, Swamp Thing number three of a limited series 10, a absolutely gorgeous cover two of them they're they're both phenomenal i recommend both i highly encourage you might hear some background noise it's one of those afternoons where the neighbors are busy and there's some hammering and some buzzing and well buzzing is hammering are those kind of ideas you might experience if you ever find yourself in an mri machine i've been in a few more than i care and in each occasion one of the things i notice the mouse most is that it sounds like one of those, well, it sounds like a construction site. It sounds like a workyard where so much is going on. But it's this really lovely opportunity to use what we know of in medical diagnostic equipment, some of the most familiar, and use that to analyze the main character Levi's brain while he goes through uh, an amazing transformation that's been part of this discovery that he just might be the next avatar of the green beautiful story my green amaranthine or amaranthine amaranthine mm, i'm sure there's a right way to pronounce it i probably said it all three ways wrong i'm okay with that thanks for joining with me you got a correction for me feel free to send it along this story written by ram v with art by mike perkins also features mike spicer on the colors aditya bidikar on the letters and the original cover by Mike Perkins and Mike Spicer is gorgeous. Two poison ivies, both with very distinct personalities, uh, instantly recognizable from that cover, as well as a really great variant cover by Kyle Hotz and Dan Brown. That one feels very primal, very much like Ivy connected to a vengeful earth. And it's Ivy who is the first to greet Levi after he makes the transformation and travels into the green, but he doesn't do it alone. However, the person who comes with him, Jennifer, someone who he describes as a friend, sometimes more, never really certain, she's also in the green, but she's not as familiar 
with the trips that Levi's been taking, and Levi is nowhere near familiar with the place that he's arrived to. And what he discovers are some wonderful, fantastic creatures, uh, the Woda Woos, there's, or the Woda Woes. There's uh, a recognition of some familiar faces who appear, who are part of the, the web that is Swamp Thing, and the previous person who uh, represented the Avatar, the, the presence and the being of the person known as Alec Holland. And Levi is now in the green, worried about Jennifer, but instead he has uncovered one Ivy as well as a second. One is nice, the nice one calls the other Ivy me. And the challenge is that there's a great deal of power within Levi and within Swamp Thing. And without any understanding of it, terrible things could happen until someone arrives and offers the opportunity to understand which I think is one of those amazing things that every hero, every person on a journey, everyone experiencing a new and sudden change can really benefit from. I, I know I can. By understanding more of what's going on, I always feel like that gives me a, a sense of what I think I want to do or what I think I need to do. And I think that's going to be a great discovery for Levi, for Jennifer, and I'm curious what this journey into the green might mean for Alec Holland when it came to those that he cared about becoming part of his story. It wasn't all success. There, there were some downsides to it. And keeping that all in mind, I am looking forward to seeing how this uh, next chapter will play out. I've been a big fan of what Ram V has been doing with Swamp Thing. I've loved so much of his work on things like Justice League Dark, pardon the squeaky chairs, I settle in, on Justice League Dark and now on Swamp Thing and on so many other titles. It's really fun to see where he's taking us when it comes to Swamp Thing, what the next direction is, what, what, what can happen in 10 issues, because so far we're at three and it's been a pretty wild ride. I can only imagine what else is in store. But while I'm imagining, I will go ahead and take a moment to journey onward into our next selection. By that, I am talking about my second choice, which is Suicide Squad number three. Now, if you were listening to a previous episode when I had Teen Titans Academy on the show, I mentioned the fact that there has been a character from the past, someone who was a... Uh, a manifestation of some of the darker impulses of Nightwing, Dick Grayson. And because of what the dangers those impulses led to, it's something that he put away, only to find that since the first issue of that series, Red X has been um, recurring, reappearing, shall we say. Don't mind the plane in the background, it's just going to be doing its thing on an afternoon. What we get instead is an insight with this issue to events that unfolded in that issue. Now, if you haven't read it, I, I'm, I'm going to be walking a fine line about what I am and am not spoiling. What I will say is there's someone on the Teen Titans that the Suicide Squad wants. Amanda Waller is the person who wants them, and she's sending her team after them. But the issue opens up with some great insights into what it is that... Connor Kent is doing with the Suicide Squad? Why Superboy is there? What, it, what does it mean and how does it matter? Because 
One of the most important things to keep in mind is that up until now, he's been a hero. And recently, he has become um, a character out of place, much like uh, a previous Superboy experienced. And Waller is offering him a place, but she needs to convince him that her way and the Suicide Squad's way is the only way. He's not the easiest to convince, and even while weakened by kryptonite and getting smacked around by Peacekeeper on an earlier mission, hasn't changed not only his attitude, but his values. I mean, he's been disrespected, he's been called a lot of names, and he's a combination of two of the most dangerous people in the world. And yet, he's part of this team who all have their own reasons for being there, what they want, and how they want to achieve it. And at the front of that is Peacekeeper, who is leading that team, but it's not his team, something Waller reminds him of, and something he tries to push past as he works with the team, too. Which, in certain cases, might uh, improve the rapport of the team, but also earn the ire of Amanda Waller. Now, that doesn't seem something like my uh, little buddy Bruno over there is concerned about. He just gave a disinterested yawn and then moved over to a bone. And I don't know if you can hear him, but he's just kind of sniffing and snorting and thinking about chewing the heck out of that thing. Now, if that's what he's going to do, well, it seems like he's saying, sometimes you just can't worry. Now, the target of this mission is a new speedster who can only run in bursts of speed, not a continuous connection to the speed force, like Flash or so many other speedsters with a direct connection to the force. However, what she can do is something that Waller wants, and it has to do with the deal that Waller made with Bolt, and the terms of that deal are now coming due. But things don't always go the way you want, even when you're a meticulous planner like Amanda Waller. And because of that, this mission has a few variables that, that take the road potentially unexpected, but unless it's perfectly executed, this would be something of a boring story if the bad guys running missions supposedly for the greater good end up, you know, just sort of doing it so well that nothing bad happens to them or anyone else. Instead, bad things do happen, and because of them, we not only get the opportunity to see, well, <laughs> another player from that time at Teen Titans Academy, but also a challenge, one that could suggest that maybe Bolt won't be the only one that Waller now has her eyes on, that in fact, there could be two people from the uh, Academy title who will either leave that title to join Waller or get both of the teams caught up in a big giant mess. You know Waller, she's the stick that stirs the pot. She's not worried about that. In fact, usually pays off to her advantage. Great thing about this one is it continues on in Teen Titans Academy number three. I say, check it out. Don't mind my squeaky chair, it's just a reminder. I'm an old guy in a chair just trying to enjoy another set of great comics. With that, I'm going to go ahead and take my first ad break so we can bring all this great stuff that's going on out to you and then come on back for more of the DC Comics News Spinner Rack. Enjoy. Hey there, DC fans. This is Josh Rayner, editor in chief of DC Comics News, here to give you a special deal 
from Insight Editions. Insight Editions is an amazing company who uh, sells books and collectibles uh, from all sorts of pop culture, whether it be DC Comics, Marvel Comics, uh, movies like Die Hard, Harry Potter, Alien, everything out there in the world you can you can find. You got books, collectibles, uh, pop-up greeting cards. They have all kinds of amazing items and right now you can get 35% off site-wide by using the code DCNews35 that's D-C-N-E-W-S-3-5 DCNews35 use that code and receive 35% off site-wide at InsightEditions.com Hi everyone I'm here to tell you about the DC Comics News Podcast here every week to talk everything DC. Movies, TV, comics, and everything in between. But don't just take my word for it. Here are a couple of our sponsors. Listen to the DC Comics News Podcast. It's audio justice. <laughs> no, no, no. It's audio chaos. These wackos are crazier than I am. Well, maybe you're both right. Regardless, you can catch us on every kind of podcast platform. Apple Podcasts. Google Play. Spotify, Stitcher, and everywhere you find great podcasts. So, um, can I go now? Let him go. He did everything you asked. (laughs) (laughs) No. Hello, listeners. This is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. First... There was the DC Comics News Podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I Am The Night. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones, I am the night. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Mad Pup, a Harley Quinn cast. Three, two, one. Harley Quinn? Harley f***ing Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making Bat Shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, Cougar. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and bat them, nuts. I definitely do not fuck bat. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't fuck with Lois Lane. For fuck's sake. I'm a damn good cop. Lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents... Mad Love. The Harley Quinn cast. <laughs> Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. 
We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. Fuckers. Picture this. Someone who knows nothing about comics. Someone who knows comics from movies, TV, and video games. A complete ultra-comics nerd. You pick the character you want us to talk about. You send us the questions you want answered. You make the show. A podcast by fans. For fans. Making new fans. Superheroes. Or dummies. Part of the Comics in Motion podcast network. What's up, everybody? I am Kelly Gaines for DC Comics News. I am Tony Hasty for this show. And we are here to introduce our new show, DCN After Dark. This is the late night talk show for all of the wild ideas, fascinating concepts, and scandalous tales straight from the DC universe. We are not going to hold any punches. We are going to give all of our opinions straight off the dome, and sometimes we'll be writing it down. It is not for the faint of heart. It is not for the sensitive ears. It is not for any children. Your discretion is going to be advised because we are going to be swearing a lot. Yes. Yeah. And possibly, maybe by episode five, getting to our hundredth joke. (laughs) (laughs) Here's hoping. (laughs) We're going to have guests on this show. We're going to be guests on other shows, but we're not going to finish this sentence. (laughs) Off the the cuff. Let's go. Off the cuff. Off the cuff. Anything you want. Anything you want. Scooby-Doo would be a better detective than Jim Gordon. There you go. That's that is what this whole show is about. That's what the show is about. We're gonna be That's talking about we're gonna be talking about stuff like that. Should we have seen more of the bat? Go. No, no one had to see more of the bat. No, I didn't. Want- God damn it. Look, all right. We're gonna Scooby-Doo, DCN After Dark. Check us out. Watch us without your kids. And if you are a kid, you shouldn't have even seen this promo. Drink recipes. Content creation reviews, unsolicited advice, and very inappropriate jokes. Yes. And a Santa, uh, an un- unseasonable Santa hat. Except it's seasoned, but whatever. Check us out. <laughs> Not getting rid of the Santa hat. <laughs> Available exclusively on YouTube. And just like that, we are back as promised. The ads are over. I'm your host, Seth Singleton. You're listening to The Spinner Rack, episode number 104. These are all the books from May 4th. And my five pick has already gotten through the first two. And now as we charge into my next choice, it's one of those that was recently featured on a conversation we had on the Weekly Podcast about, well, what happens when a book sells a lot of issues? Uh... Miracle Molly is the new character on the cover of uh, Batman number 108. And that arrival brings to mind uh, some differences. Now, for starters, the cover, the variant cover are equally gorgeous. It's really quite impressive. Um, (laughs) To start off with, Stanley Artgerm Lau running with the variant cover the uh, 125 variant cover by Riccardo Federici. The uh, artist is Jorge Jimenez, the writer, James Tynan IV, and providing colors, Tomu Mori, letters, Clayton Cowles, and the original cover is Jimenez and Mori. 
Now, I don't know what part about that gets my little Bruno there snarling away, but it does. And the interesting thing that I find is there are many pieces being put into play that show us that that glimpse to future state is slowly being built towards. Okay, maybe not so slowly. Maybe it feels faster for some than others. Maybe there would be a preferred delay or slowing down as the buildup increases, but layers and layers are connecting to show us how the many players become a part of this game. It starts out with a service for an officer named Sean Mahoney who is injured and is receiving a commendation from the city, but he's also getting the opportunity to become part of something much bigger. The suggestion of a peacekeeper by the name of Peacekeeper 01. That sounds familiar. Then you've read Future State, Batman, Dark Detective, and maybe you're even picking up Future State Gotham on its way soon. But along with that development, we also have a development in character regarding Batman, regarding Bruce Wayne, and how his character, who is known to many by that wood splintery object, that you use to strike to light things afire, he has been granted a tour of a different place, one where nothing is permanent, the very foundation, i.e. the roots of the community, will pull themselves up and relocate at a moment's notice, simply so that the other artifices they've put up as a distraction will be the focus of the police force future raids and while she does miracle molly shows this matches character what it is that her and the group that she's with this unsanity collective are hoping to accomplish and what they are suggesting is an idea that hasn't been considered and because of that um it could paint the next direction of Batman's actions in a particular hue that will also present how it is that the events seen in Future State come to pass. Some lovely moments art-wise. There's a gorgeous one. Um, <laughs> it's pretty phenomenal. It's on like page 20. And it's a moment of revelation where Molly realizes something about the person she's been talking with. Or at least she reveals to the reader. It suggested she knew for a period of time before that based on some clues she gives away. However, that revelation is a lot of fun to enjoy. I encourage it. And it's not the only revelation. Just wait until you get to the final page. And afterwards, I'd love to hear your thoughts about, well, what you thought. <laughs> and with that, Batman number 108 is my third choice on this week's episode. Now, I definitely have to say that The Dreaming Waking Hours, number 10, is a great selection for me to make my fourth choice this week. Uh, this amazing series by G. Willow Wilson has really captivated me. I mean, the art, it's always going to be kind of stellar when you're working with these wonderful characters from the Sandman universe. But when they're written so well that then the artists have a chance to showcase them in new ways and uh, imprint them in our minds, in new identities or visuals. I think it becomes one of these great things where you just have to sort of chuckle and enjoy how much fun it can be to go into a sandbox like this and to play and play. They do the art by Nick Robles and MK Perker, the colors by Mateus Lopez and Chris Sotomayor, 
the letters by Simon Bolin, and the cover by Marguerite Sauvage offer up this really fun take on what happens when you go to the fairy kingdom and you probably shouldn't have. I've never been there. If you have, and this is a mistake you've made, I'm not here to judge you. I'm just here to suggest that there could be some insights that you can either relate to or perhaps learn from through this issue. And if you haven't, these are some reasons why one should always consider that going to the ferry is a risk well considered. Now, a good one for any situation might be don't get caught up in a civil war in which you're an outsider before you even arrived. If you're a stranger and a visitor, well, who knows what you could find yourself wrapped up in. Or, in the case of Heather After in Ruin, find yourself in front of a new queen who is ruled by her court and has deposed the old king who's running around with a character we'll catch up in catch up with in just a moment. But there is a danger to Ruin, who is a nightmare. And when he sees Heather after being threatened and pushed around, he starts to fight back. However, his powers are negated when, sadly, he is no match for the person confronting him. But that doesn't mean that he doesn't get an opportunity later. And when he does, it's in his realm, one in which his powers are complete and absolute, and the stirrings of which are enough to even catch the attention of Dream. Why is that? What is it about Ruin that causes these ripples throughout the many dimensions and realms? Uh, more to discover about that. In the meantime, there is the deposed king of the fairy kingdom, and his decision to clothe both he and Jophiel in disguises so they can wander the land. There's a great moment when he comes to the place where Heather After and Ruin were recently taken from, and he has a rather unpleasant discussion with his wife, one in which she challenges all of the notions that he suggests, suggests that the version of him that is there in disguise and that she is deriding could change, be different, and she can only scoff. That revelation, I'm sure, must be painful for him to experience, and it's also something that is a, a nice development in addition to a backstory that's been going on for an issue or two now about how Heather After came to be the worker of magic that she is, the family feud she was a part of, and how she got what she needed while the rest of them continued to fight over things of this material world. It, it's a pretty awesome issue. I mean, it offers a lot of great developments, not only for the characters, but for the overall story. I wanted to stay in the fairy kingdom and see what happens next. The great thing is, this is only issue number 10, which means come number 11, I can be right back there to also see just how bad things can get when someone like Ruin is given an opportunity to sort of stretch, flex a little, and, uh, well, <laughs> you're going to have to read that part for yourself. And just like that, we arrive at my fifth and final book for this week. I'm talking this time around about Green Lantern number two, an amazing story, Death is a Door, written by Jeffrey Thorne, with art by Dexter Soy and Marco Santucci, Alex Sinclair on the colors, Rob Lay on the letters, Bernard Chang and Alex Sinclair on the cover and a variant cover. 
by Brian Hitch and Alex Sinclair. I love the original cover with a great sort of uh, cemetery feel, as well as the variant with a certain Joe Moline, who you might recognize from the Far Sector series. And things have not been going well for the Guardians since issue one. Granted, this is only issue two, but still, from one issue to this one, it really hasn't gone well. A lot of bad things have happened. There was an assault using magic. There was an assassination attempt that was successful in the death of one of the uh, Guardians. And there has been a sudden and drastic development in the fact that the Green Lanterns and Mogo have become part of the United Planets, which means that things are going to have to change. They've had a very impressive structure, but that is now going to be realigned. Now, before that can all happen, there's a funeral that needs to occur. And during that funeral is a reminder that the Guardians are not just little blue people. In fact, they... They are something else entirely. They are a form of matter and energy that takes on the blue small shape to be more pleasing, understandable to the minds of the primates and the mammals that make up the Green Lantern core. But in reality, these are creatures mostly of energy. And when one of their number dies, that energy is transmutated by being encapsulated and then sent into the battery, the Owen battery that powers all of the rings of the lantern. Now, this series quickly shifts gears because it's like at the moment of the end of the funeral, an announcement is made that the giant realigning of the Green Lantern Corps will affect every single member, many in drastic and shocking ways. And in the process also lead to a series of decisions which are very difficult for 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 one thing not only do they help under well they help explain i'm not sure if they're going to make it easier to understand everything that's going on in the omniverse now one main point is the fact that there are a series of crux worlds that help sustain and create some of the the needed the vital the spur of growth and evolution that is necessary for a universe earth is one of those places and there should be seven, but there's actually two that are well known to DC Comics fans to be missing. The first is Krypton. The second is Zanchi. Zanchi is a personal blow for Jon Stewart, who has confronted the Owens to understand the Guardians, actually, to understand what it is that they are doing and why they are doing it. Why to make the announcements the way they did. They feel they are trying to adapt and respond to a drastically changing environment, one in which many of the things about the Omniverse still remain unknown, such as places known as Dark Sectors, and a quest that has been designated for just about almost exactly 1,000 members of the Green Lanterns. Now, interestingly enough, this is also building towards events that were suggested in Future State, how they are building, well, you're going to want to check this out because, man, the final few pages, they, they introduce a drastic, sudden change to everything. And they also bring back a character who I've enjoyed in so many different stories. 
And I think also they suggest to us that there's a reason why the Guardians and the Green Lanterns are about to go through this really unbelievable transition. But these things take time. You can't tell them all in one issue. And that's why I'm looking forward to the chance where I can bring this all back to you with future issues of Green Lantern. If it keeps doing what it's doing the way it did in this issue, I have a great feeling that it will be back on an episode, an upcoming one of the DC Comics News Spinner Rack. Once again, this has been episode number 104, and I've been your host, Seth Singleton. My genuine pleasure to bring you my top five picks from my top five books from this week, my top five picks from this week from DC Comics, just like I try and do each and every week. You know how to do that subscribe thing, so if you're liking what you're hearing and you want to hear more, hit the subscribe button. You'll not just get me in the spinner rack every week, but the weekly podcast where we talk about all things DC Comics, from movies, TV, streaming, comics, and more. And then some great original content like I Am The Night, Mad Love, upcoming great shows headed your way, as well as new original stuff on things like YouTube, like DC and After Dark. Make sure you're subscribed on the favorite platform that you enjoy. And if you got a message for us, just send us a quick shout on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, YouTube, and more. Just use the at symbol in DC Comics News. That's at capital D, capital C, capital C-O-M-I-C-S, capital N-E-W-S. And as we like to say here on every sign-off, as I do, as I choose, because it's fun, always read more comics. Have a great night, great morning, great day, great afternoon, however you're spending it, weekend or more. Until next time, when we've got more comics to talk about.